Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. What do we always hear about the right? That all we have is fear. We're just whipping up people into a frenzy. We're just, it's scare tactics. That's the only way that the MAGA agenda works on people. Donald Trump uses fear-mongering tactics to get people to vote for him. And then you hear Joy Behar and you're like, hold on, who's trying to scare who here? Or whom? I don't know. Uh, That's never been my strong suit. But Emma just told me during the break, she goes, you didn't even play the entire cut. It gets worse. Can I hear the worst part of it, Emma? This is Joy Behar on The View. It's not just about us. It's not about just the economy. It's about the world's geopolitical issue. Well, and that's that, precisely my point. And, the and these are boys so high. who are 13, 14, 15, they will be the ones to go. They will have the draft back again. Talk about foaming at the mouth. These people have lost their minds. And, and really what it tells you is that Joe Biden... They're, they're not running any. Remember when Joe Biden was running? It was like, let's restore normalcy. Let's bring let's bring class back to the White House. Let's bring norms. Let's restore the norms and bring back the good old days where everyone was happy again. Well, now they know that they can't sell that anymore. That that pitch is long gone. So now what they have to do is vote for Joe Biden, not because he's the whispery grandpa who you love so much, not because he's so experienced and he's such an elder statesman and he knows what he's doing and he has all this knowledge and he's Socratic. No, not because he's going to make your life better. They know they can't sell that because the proof is in the button. So what do they do? Vote for Joe Biden or else we're all doomed. Vote for Joe Biden or the 13 and 14 year olds are going to get drafted. They don't have a good reason to vote for Joe Biden. There's nothing positive about their platform. There's nothing that they can prop up as a good reason to vote Democrat. So instead, they just have to whip people into a frenzy to get them to not vote for a Republican. That's all this is. They can only run against Trump. It's never been vote for this Democrat because we are going to do good. It's vote for this Democrat so Trump can't do bad. Greg, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Greg. Hello, Grace. How are you today? I'm good. What's going on? Well, real quick, I know uh, I heard you uh, play with uh, Joyce uh, Behar about how she's a history, knows history. And the first thing that caught me when I was listening to her was the fact that she said that NATO was fighting Hitler and, and everybody else, Russia or Hitler, uh, but NATO wasn't formed until April 1949. So I really don't think she really knows much about history. Well, you know what, Greg? You don't understand the geopolitical problems that the world is facing if we don't vote for Joe Biden and the 13 and 14-year-olds are going to get drafted into World War III. Hang up on Greg. Dump him right now. We can't have this. We can't have this, okay? I think I trust Joy Behar's opinion, Greg, over yours. Now, there is somebody who was also on a talk show 
who shocked the audience for a different reason, not because they had the geopolitical knowledge that Joy Behar has, but because Ann Coulter actually had the audacity to say something that checks out. Nothing that she's saying here is that surprising if you've been even remotely paying attention over the last few years. But I, I have a good enough reason to guess that nobody who's going to Bill Maher's, a live taping of Bill Maher's show, is really that in tune with the way the media handles um, mass shootings in our country. And so uh, Ann Coulter is on with Bill Maher, and they're talking about the horrible, uh, the tragic shooting that occurred at the Kansas City Chiefs parade where one woman was killed, um, a mother and I think a, a radio DJ. She was killed. And the story was obviously dominating the headlines, not only while it was happening, but a little while later. And then once the identities of the shooters came out, all of a sudden it went away. All of a sudden, like you'll notice some of these shootings will garner media attention for months on end. And then some of them, they barely make a blip. And Ann Coulter had the gall to point out why that is. This is cut seven. I mean, we don't know who did this shooting, by the way, the the, the Super Bowl shooting. We have some idea. What? If it were a white man shooting, we'd know. Well, we don't know. But they, I mean, they That's haven't re- how we know it's not a white man. I can tell you that much. Do you think they're, they're repressing that reporting? They wouldn't tell us about the um, transgender woman that shot up the Christian school for what, like a year? Um, oh, San Bernardino out here. Remember the crazy terrorist Muslims? Uh, that's when I first noticed, hmm, they're not telling us who it is. It's I, not a white male. The longer they go without telling you, it's not a white male. Okay, well, we don't, for this one, for right now, as of Friday night, February 16th, we, know. we don't, we don't officially know. Okay, you know, you have special powers. It's crazy, too, because Van Jones is sitting next to her and he's just like shaking his head. He cannot believe. But this is where we're at now, is that you're not supposed to say that because God forbid you get the same looks that Ann Coulter was getting while she was on with Bill Maher, but Everyone understands, anyone who is even remotely paying attention to anything understands what she's saying. And it's true. The longer time goes on, if it was a white male, it's usually out within 45. If it's a white male who they can link to Donald Trump, has some sort of manifesto that's linked to MAGA, you know about it within the first 45 seconds. And and it's... The amount of time that it takes to find out about stuff, it totally depends on which narrative it's going to serve. The J6 bombs that were planted, we still don't know who planted those, how that happened. But if there's a situation where the media and Democrats think it can be weaponized or used against Republicans, you know almost immediately. You have access to that information immediately. You know the motive. You know everything. And she's right. She's right to point to the transgender shooter in Nashville. That was a manifesto that was like blocked. You never got to see it. It was going to be dangerous if that came out. Because it wasn't going to fit the narrative. And so depending on whether or not it's going to work for the Democrats, that's whether or not it gets suppressed in the media. Deb, you're up next on the Grace Curley show. Go ahead, Deb. Hi, Grace. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Good point about Ann Coulter, and she's 100% correct. Thank um, you, Deb. In terms of Haley, 
in terms of Haley, the problem is, as you were just speaking about with the Democrats and always voting and, and pushing for emotions and getting our fear and basically just sort of voting against Trump, if you want my opinion, that's exactly what Haley's doing. And she doesn't really stand for much. And she's counting on really more of a Democratic voter, because if you notice, her appeal is all emotions. But we can't have that, and we can't have that. And what she's saying is building the emotions against the caricature of Trump that was created by the media. In terms of New Hampshire, if you want to know what's going on here, New Hampshire Trump people, I'm one of them, will not vote for Haley. I will not stay home. I'll write in Trump. Will not write. will not vote for Haley because I don't believe in many senses she's better than Biden. I think she's similar and she doesn't even realize, as you said, with McCain and Romney, she has no idea and a short memory of what would happen to her if she ever became the nominee. And I think people would let their guard down and think things were better than Biden, but they weren't. So from New Hampshire, I can tell you, Trump country will we'll write Trump in long before we will vote for Haley. So she needs to start reckoning with reality and not the emotional fear mongering that happens with the Democrats or else she should be on the Democratic ticket. Yeah. And, and you know what? It, it actually brings me back, Deb, to something David Marcus said on this show, which I had never thought of until he said it. And then it kind of put everything into perspective for me. He said there's a lot of Republicans who would rather lose with Trump than win with a rhino or win with someone that they see as less than Trump uh, as far as a candidate goes. And I think that you're an example of that. It's like, listen, I'm not going to and I'm not here to say whether it's right or wrong because people are going to do what they want to do. But I do think that's something Republicans should keep in mind is that the times have changed. People aren't necessarily going to hold their nose just because. And so Republicans need to remember that. And these kind of principled conservatives who go on Fox or go on, you know, any of these channels, they should remember that, too. It might not be like it's always been where people just say, well, OK, well, you know, all of the establishment wanted this person, so I guess I should vote for them. People are would hold a grudge if Donald Trump was not. And again, it's not going to happen. He's going to be the nominee. But um, it's interesting to to hear that from Deb, that she wouldn't go in and just vote for Nikki Haley just because. The other thing Deb said is the emotional aspect of it. When you hear that cut from Joy Behar, that is sheer emotional manipulation. And you know what it actually takes me back to, Emma? Because like now this is the thing where they're saying, if you vote... If you don't vote for Biden, if you vote for Trump, is World War Three? By the way, just would like to point out to Joy Behar, you know what didn't happen for four years when Trump was president? No new wars were breaking out when Donald Trump was president. Just something I feel like the history buff that is Joy Behar should keep in mind. But the other thing that I would point out is that you're relying so much on emotion. And in the last election, it was if you don't vote for Joe Biden, COVID... Donald Trump, they had to use something. So they said, okay, COVID has everybody bent into an emotional pretzel. Like they don't know whether to bleep or wind their watch. They're so afraid because of COVID. So they use that to manipulate people. They use that as, you know, their fear mongering device. And they know it's not going to work again. The CDC actually just changed their their isolation period to like, you know, you decide. That's the new thing. It went from, you know, make sure you self-isolate for five days to just see how you're feeling and, and make make the call yourself. Dealer's choice. What do you think you should do? So they know they can't do COVID now. So instead, people like Joy Behar and other lunatics are going to go out there and say, if you don't vote for Biden, then Putin's going to come and he's going to take your 13-year-old and he's going to go into the draft. 
do you have any, I don't know, rational arguments to make? Or are we just now going based off scaring people the most? It tells you all you need to know. They, it's all they have. Let's panic. Let's get everyone else to panic. So they vote for our guy who's so weak and so feeble and has been overseeing all of these disasters, not just domestically, but you want to talk geopolitical. Someone tell the geopolitical historian Joy Behar to look at what's going on in the world right now. No, I'm not talking about what's going on in your little uh, cul-de-sac in Hollywood. What's actually going on in the world is not as stable as it was when Trump was president. But she's the exact type of person who's more concerned about Trump's tweets than other than actual Americans' quality of life. Uh, 844-500-4242. The Nossipi Gin just opened reservations for winter getaways. Jared, my producer, has stayed there and he loves it. He's always telling us what a wonderful time he had there. And plus, Cape Cod on the off-season is so special. It's really awesome because... It's peaceful. It's relaxing. You can enjoy the beautiful beaches, the beautiful scenery, but you can also enjoy the restaurants and and the towns and the shopping and so many things that in the summertime can be a little overwhelming. It can be a little crowded. I was talking with a friend of mine this weekend who has just moved and now lives full time on the Cape. And I said to her, what's it like in the off season? And she said, oh, my gosh, it's amazing. She said everything. There's so many things that are still open. I think that um, I think that for a lot of people, when you think Cape Cod, you think that it would shut down during the winter. It's not like that anymore. So many people live there all year round. And so the restaurants and so many of them you've heard about on Howie Show they're all open and wonderful and they're great places to go and you can go shopping and you can go to the beach. And at Nasa Beach Inn, there's fire pits, there's fireplaces. You can sit outside, look at the stars, have a cup of coffee in the morning, walk your dog. There's just endless things to do and you can stay there for under $200. It's a great place to stay. So to reserve your ocean view room, go to NossetBeachInn.com. That's NossetBeachInn.com. We'll be right back. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. I don't know if this is true, but a texter said that Ann Coulter's next comment to Bill Maher was superpowers to a liberal are also known as common sense, which if so, she was really on one that night and she did a good job because, yeah, whenever you're pointing out things that most people just notice are happening, it's like you're going to be accused of being some sort of hateful bigot, which I don't think that bothers Ann Coulter. She's been called a lot of things, and I, I don't think she's afraid of the media or the liberals hating on her. Uh, Jonathan, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Jonathan. Oh, hi, Grace. Hey, what's going on? Uh, uh, I just wanted to point out that uh, Joe Biden cannot be prosecuted because of his bad memory. However, Donald Trump is facing 91 indictments. I think that says a lot about what the Department of Justice and whoever 
think about Donald Trump's mental capacity and his ability to be president. Yeah, sharp as ever. They think he can handle it all. Um, no, it's a really good point, Jonathan, and, and we should really talk about Biden's mental capacity because I think a lot of people want to see the transcripts. They want to see what uh, Robert Herr was privy to when he was talking to Joe Biden, when he was interviewing him during that time period. And uh, I'm firmly on the side of releasing the transcripts. Now, speaking of people who have diminished mental capacities and who seem to be getting a pass for it, I wanted to mention this. So Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, was on with Maria Bartiromo on uh, Sunday Morning Futures. And they were talking about Mitch McConnell and how Mitch McConnell and uh, Donald Trump obviously don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Mitch McConnell is considered very establishment, very rhino, and um, he is not a fan of Donald Trump. I think the feeling is mutual. And so Maria asked Cruz whether he thought Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell would run again. And this is what Ted Cruz said. He said, you know, I don't know. That's a decision for Mitch to make. Obviously, there's a lot of bad blood between Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. Mitch will have to make that decision. Blah, 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 blah. Nowhere in here, as far as I can see, in this quote, is it mentioned the other factor that you'd think Mitch McConnell would be considering? How about the fact that he is extremely old and when he gets up to the podium, he has brain freezes that go on for like a full two minutes has everyone forgotten that i'm not and i'm not saying it to be mean i'm really not but are we actually having this conversation that mitch mcconnell is going to run again i think it's amazing that he hasn't stepped down already given the amount of freezes that we've already witnessed that have been on camera there have been so many of them where his aides have had to step in and say, oh, sorry, everybody, or, you know, oh, next question, and they pretend that nothing's wrong. And so here's Ted Cruz saying, well, I don't know, that's a decision Mitch McConnell will have to make. I would hope he's going to hang it up soon, don't you think? Isn't it maybe time to to pass the torch, as they say? Um, the poll question today is brought to you by Local Silver Mint, located in Ware, New Hampshire. Silver Dave will work with you directly, so contact him at localsilvermint.com. Emma Foley, she's a Philly girl like Jill Biden. Emma, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question is, do you think Trump's legal battles are helping or hurting his election chances? Helping. I definitely think they're helping. 86% of the audience agrees with you, 14% think it's hurting. I would love to know, you know, independence for me, it, it's it's such an amazing thing. It's like a unicorn. I would love to meet a true independent, not someone who just says I'm independent, but really they lean one way or the other, but someone who can really look at this and not have a feeling or, or not have a bias toward one party. And I would love to know what their take on these cases against Trump are. Like when you hear that Donald Trump's being asked to pay $350 million for a victimless crime, what do you make of that? But it's really hard to find people who are actually independent. Um, speaking of voters, though, Rashida Tayyib is urging Democrats in Michigan to vote against Biden in the Michigan primary and to just write in uh, to vote uncommitted as a way of signaling to Joe Biden that they don't appreciate the way he's handling the Gaza 
Israel war or the Israel-Hamas war is really the more appropriate way to put it. So more trouble for Joe Biden. When we come back, we're going to talk electric vehicles and a slight shift that the Biden administration is making. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. You know, one thing that the Democrats and Joe Biden and whether you're talking about locally here in Massachusetts or just nationally, Democrats are always very proud of their green initiatives. We witness that all the time. They're always fighting for green, whether it be... um, green whether it be electric vehicles or you know figuring out certain things to do with buildings to get them up to code up to the green code that they're pushing for it's always on their minds and the weird thing is they're so loud about it when they're making up all these great ideas but the biden administration recently changed something and then they were really quiet about it you know they're not out there beating the drum on this as much as you might think luckily there's a story in the new york times that's breaking this down anyway Biden administration is said to slow early stage of shift to electric cars. Now, we've heard about this in New York. We've heard about this in California. And the number that always comes across my desk is 2030. We go by 2030, we're going to be pushing for this, whether they're talking about dishwashers or electric vehicles or whatever. It's usually 2030, sometimes 2035. But in a concession to automakers and labor unions, the Biden administration intends to relax elements of one of its most ambitious strategies. That's I'm going to translate that for you. That's one of their stupidest strategies, one of their most ambitious strategies to combat climate change. Limits on tailpipe emissions that are designed to get Americans to switch from gas-powered cars to electric vehicles, according to three people familiar with the plan. Instead of essentially requiring automakers to rapidly ramp up sales of electric vehicles over the next few years, the administration would give car manufacturers more time, with a sharp increase in sales not required until after 2030, these people said. They asked to remain anonymous because the regulation has not been finalized. Later in this piece, it says, Mr. Biden needs cooperation from the auto industry and political support from the unionized auto workers who backed him in 2020, but now worry that an abrupt transition to electric vehicles would cost jobs. Meanwhile, consumer demands has not been what automakers hoped, with potential buyers put off by sticker prices and the relative scarcity of charging stations. Now, I just want to point something out, okay, whether we're talking about the scarcity of the charging stations or the the automakers. What they're essentially saying now is we're still going to do all of these bad ideas. We're just going to wait so it doesn't affect the election. And I have no sympathy for whether it's the union people or if you're going to vote for him, if you're going to vote for Democrats, you should be under the impression that this is all going to happen tomorrow. You you shouldn't be satisfied with, oh, we still plan on implementing these horrible ideas. We're just going to kick the can down the road and implement them a little bit later. We're just going to wait. We're going to put a little pause on all of this stupidity 
so that you'll vote for us again so we can do it a little bit later. Grace, guess what I saw over the weekend? What did you see over the weekend, Emma? I forget what the site was. It was some sort of shop site, but they were selling a certified carbon offset for $44.95. What is that? I don't know. They probably don't know, but it's going to make someone feel really good. Was the seller Howard Carr 145 or something? No, it wasn't Honest Howie's Carbon (laughs) Offsets. Different website. Yeah, and there's probably people who are just dying to buy that. It says, um, sensing an opening, former President Donald J. Trump, the Republican frontrunner, has seized on electric cars, falsely warning the public that they don't work and telling auto workers that Mr. Biden's policies are lunacy. Well, I don't really see what's wrong with that. Last spring, the EPA proposed the toughest ever limits on tailpipe emissions. The rules would be so strict, the only way car makers could comply would be to sell a tremendous number of zero emission vehicles in a relatively short time frame. The EPA designed the proposed regulations so that 67% of sales of new cars and light-duty trucks would be all-electric by 2032, up from 7.6% in 2023, a radical remaking of the American automobile market. That remains the goal, but... There's always a but when you're talking about the green grift. There's always a but. But as they finalize the regulations, administration officials are tweaking the plan to slow the pace at which auto manufacturers would need to comply. Now, here's my question. If all of this is so wonderful and everyone's just chomping at the flipping bit to get their hands on an electric vehicle, why are we slowing it down? Why are we why are we pushing the date off? Now we're talking 20, what, 2032, 2035? If all of this is so important, by the way, Emma, that's the other part of it, too. It's not just that the electric vehicles are so much better than the regular cars. It's also that the world is ending. The world is burning. If you thought Joy Behar talking about the draft and Putin and NATO and Hitler, if you thought all that was scary... Just keep in mind, we've got like four years left, according to AOC, before this entire thing known as Earth is toast. And so now we've we've kind of fluctuated between this is all so bad. This is all so scary. This is all so urgent that we need to go all electric, zero emissions. You need to do your part. The planet has a fever. And now, but it's not urgent enough that they're going to let it affect Joe Biden's re-election chances. Do I have that right? It's so important that they need to inconvenience you. They need to force you to buy these cars you don't want to buy. They need to mandate all of this. They need to mandate it to the automakers because it's so important that everyone get on board with this. But it's not that important that they're willing to lose an election over it. Which one is it? It can't be both. It says... But as they finalize the regulations, administration officials are tweaking the plan to slow the pace at which auto manufacturers would need to comply so that electric vehicle sales would increase more gradually through 2030, but then would have to sharply rise. So they're just going to put the screws to all of these automakers a little bit later. Just give us a little, you know, everything will stay the same. And then once you elect us, then we'll implement all of these terrible ideas. At this point, if you're voting for this, 
you are losing your right to complain. Like, don't come complaining to me and saying, well, the electric vehicles, they're not selling as much as we'd hoped. Okay, well, that's your problem because you voted for this guy. And they're being pretty open about what they're trying to do here. Let me just read you one more thing. It says, the change in pacing is in response to automakers who say that more time is needed to build a national network of charging stations. More time? Didn't they pass like a trillion dollar bill to, to build these um, charging stations? That was part of it. Like typically their excuse is we don't have the money. We don't have the funds. Republicans are stonewalling us. Republicans aren't going along with our latest spending ideas. But in this case, they got the money. And I think it was like $1.3 trillion of this infrastructure bill. And a big chunk of that was for charging stations. They just haven't built them. But now we're being told that's why that's the that's what's slowing everything up is the lack of charging stations and to labor unions that want more time to try to unionize new electric plants that are opening around the country, particularly in the south. But delaying the requirements of the rule could come at a cost to the climate after the hottest year in recorded history. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. This is an ambitious plan for a reason. Because the planet is at stake. And so I don't care if Joe Biden has to lose the election. You have to keep with this plan. It's too important. One other thing I want to let people know, we talked a little bit about Jim Biden, who used to be the nightclub owner. And then he was involved in AmeriCorps, which turns out was like a giant scam. And I wanted to read you just a little bit more from Politico because here was an important part of it that a lot of people are are kind of uh, highlighting or, or focusing in on. The investigation based on public records, court filings, dozens of interviews and hundreds of obtained internal documents reveals that Jim Biden's role at AmeriCorps was larger than previously reported. In some internal documents and investor materials, his name is included among its top handful of leaders. He also helped the company seal regulatory approval to acquire the Pennsylvania hospital and personally fired AmeriCorps' chief financial officer. Son of a bleep, he was fired. The investigation also reveals that Joe Biden's name and inner circle were more involved with the company than has been understood. I love how they keep phrasing all this than previously had been reported, than we had understood in the past. It's crazy how all this stuff is only coming out now. If only there had been a little bit more curiosity. Do you think if this were Donald Trump's brother, there would have been more curiosity? If he was involved in a company like AmeriCorps and had no experience in hospitals? Do you think that maybe we'd be finding out about this a little bit sooner? In addition to the accounts provided by former former executives, investor materials describe Jim Biden as an advisor to his older brother. Oh, that's frightening. Just when you think Joe Biden's the worst of the worst, then you find out he's being advised by former nightclub owner Jim. And on top of Joe Biden's own previously reported encounter with the firm's CEO, at least at least three of Joe Biden's relatives did work with AmeriCorps. They include Jim Biden's wife, Sarah, and his son, Jamie. It's always a family affair when the Bidens are involved. The president's son, Hunter Biden, also met with his CEO and his personal doctor, who is the current White House physician, joined a meeting with Jim Biden and the president of a hospital being acquired by AmeriCorps, according to a former former executive in emails obtained by Politico. So this is a huge story. 
that Politico reported. If you can check it out, I think I added it to my recommended reading. It's long, but it's worth the read. Uh, When we come back, we'll be talking to Howie Carr. But I wanted to let you guys know that the President's Day sale is on at Omaha Steaks. And you can score some great deals. Save 50% off site-wide. I love Omaha Steaks. Emma, I know you're a huge fan of Omaha Steaks. And you've tried the burgers. They're delicious. Oh, yeah. So on our birthday, the Howie and the mailroom manager give us a box of the Burger Perfection Flight. And it lasted me so long, which was awesome. And it's so great that the burgers are individually packaged so that it can last you that long. And they were the best burgers I've ever had. Yeah, you don't have to open up the whole thing and then watch some of them go bad. Emma's right. Each one is individually packaged, which makes it super, super easy. And um, it makes it so that it lasts you a very long time. You can get eight free Omaha Steak burgers when you use the code Grace. So you're going to go omahasteaks.com slash grace to get this unbelievable deal to get these mouthwatering pure ground burgers and whatever else you want. If you want to get some sides, some desserts, some steaks, some hot dogs, some pork chops, the possibilities are endless. With Omaha Steaks, you can get whatever you want and there's endless flavor and endless value all at 50% off during this President's Day sale. Remember, the only way to get this amazing deal is to head over to omahasteaks.com slash grace and shop the President's Day sale. Load up on all of the delicious flavor that you crave at half the price. You're going to hear about a lot of President's Day sales today. This is the best one you're going to find. So don't forget to look for those eight free burgers on select packages, and you're going to want to hurry because this deal ends soon. You're saving big with the 50% off site wide. It's five generations of family owned expertise, and it means uncompromising quality that you can trust. Simply go to omahasteaks.com slash grace and shop the President's Day sale today. When we come back, we are talking to Howard Lawrence Carr about everything in the news today. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. There's a story today in Reason, and it's about Biden's new plan to forgive student debt. And it says, under the proposal, borrowers would be eligible for forgiveness if they meet certain criteria demonstrating financial hardship, such as their total student loan balance and required payments relative to household income and high cost burdens for essential expenses like health care or child care. Childcare. The goal of these standards is to identify students who are likely to default on their payments in the next two years. Howie Carr is joining us now. Is he here, Emma? Oh, he's there. We just have to cue him up for the thing. Howie, um, what do you make of this? To me, it seems like we're incentivizing people to not just not pay back their student loans, but to take out a huge amount of student loans so that they can get them forgiven. Yeah, you know, I, I like that word hardship, too. You know, <laughs> I mean, who is to say it's a hardship? You know what I would say? As one of the people who paid for his own college education and paid for his kids' college education. What about my hardship? You know, where, where, where do I go to get my reparations back here? 
You know, I I don't understand this. Who, who this is just so absurd. And the and the fact that Donald Trump is lawless, and they have this they have this ruling from the Supreme Court saying they can't do this, and they just keep uh, tinkering around with it because they 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 want to help out these uh, filthy, shiftless, stoned hippies who 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 refuse to pay back their student loans. I you know I didn't make a major in queer studies. But Howie, the the other part of this, too, is that it's not just incentivizing people to take out massive student loans, but it's also it's not going after the fact that a lot of these schools are charging absurd prices for tuition and they're not going to feel like they need to cut back their prices if people are just going to have their student loans forgiven by the taxpayers. You know, one of the people who's pushing this, of course, is the fake Indian. And, you know, another thing she's pushing is uh, is a wealth tax. (laughs) So, you know, I'm going to say... You know, at some point, these people have to start putting their money where their mouth is, whether it's letting in gangbangers and terrorists into their mansions, you know, in the spare bedrooms, or or wealth taxes. Harvard has an endowment of $50 billion. Right. $50 billion. So 2% a year, that's a billion dollars. That's a good place to start. That pays for That pays for all the illegal aliens in Massachusetts for probably three or four weeks. You know? Why don't we start there? Before they before they start going after uh, you know my, my assessed value of my real property or yours, well, let them go after Harvard. They got Harvard's got a lot more than uh, than than anybody. Harvard's got more money than uh, than, than uh, Abigail Johnson or Bob Kraft. Yeah, I, I think Elizabeth Warren should be focusing on that rather than Doritos and trying to go after like Big Oreo or whoever she's you know right. whoever she's vilifying Joe Biden, today. Joe Biden realizing that hey. The, the size of a half gallon of ice cream has shrunk. Yeah, it started in the uh, in the first uh, Bush the first uh, Bush second administration. <laughs> Brandon, you just haven't been in a supermarket for 25, 30, 40 years. Well, speaking of Joe Biden, Howie, he's set to give a State of the Union on March seventh. Do you think it's going to happen? It's probably going to happen in a in a very truncated fashion. He, he, there's no way he can go on for the, uh, you know, I remember Clinton used to go on for sometimes for more than an hour just lying and making all these absurd promises. He was going to drop the Medicare age to 55 one year, I remember. Trump would uh, give long ones, Howie, like an hour 45 sometimes, I think. Eh, he, but, but I mean, some, he, but he actually was talking about things, you know, issues and, you know, cutting regulation or, uh, you know, blowing up uh, General Soleimani or something like that. I mean, you know, this uh, this guy, uh, Brandon, I mean, he can't read anything. I, I, I did my uh, my monthly Brandon call. I on, saw that. Uh, and. And it just gets he 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 miss he he means to say election and he says electrical, he means to say apologies and he says apologize. He means to say calm and he says common. I mean nobody could he said he means to say predecessor and he says professor. I mean how how could he go on? Do you know how many times he would screw up in an hour? No, I know, and we've seen it before. I think Trump's usually went for like a little bit over an hour. I think you're probably right on that. Um, Howie, I want to ask you one more thing. It's President's Day. Um, who is your besides Donald Trump? Who's your favorite president? I really like Calvin Cooley. <laughs> he's a, he's a local boy made good, and he's from Western Mass. And uh, he, he's just a I, I don't know. He's I think he's really really underrated, and I also think he's really underrated as a governor of Massachusetts. You know, I was talking to Matt Gagnon today from WGAN, and that was his favorite president as well, Howie, and I was able to use your quote that I know you love, the business of America is business.
He was impressed yeah. by that. Well, H.L. Minkin also, you know, his his, you know, he he gave him a lot of grief. You know, kidded him when he was president. He said, but but ultimately, he was not a pest. <laughs> I mean, is is there a higher accolade? I was to just going to say, a politician, high praise, not a pest. I'll take it. We don't have a lot of those now. Howie Carr is coming up next. Don't miss his live President's Day show. Don't go anywhere and have a wonderful Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow.